For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to your next step. I want you to think about this. I don't know where you are today. You may be cooking and cleaning for people that are coming, or you may be driving your car. You may be on a truck route, and you're finishing the last loads, just looking forward to the fact that you get to be off this weekend. Tonight, let's, you know, let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God in this season. Let's celebrate that He came to restore us and to renew us. And what does that look like? Go ahead, Doug. Well, I, I like, uh, I, I hope this isn't uh, too too worldly, but if everybody's familiar with the movie A Christmas Story, that final shot where they're sitting there, the kids are asleep, the you know, all the Christmas activity's over, but the tree is still lit, they sit there in the dark, and the snow is coming down, and that is Christmas restoration for me. You know, we have a daughter, and there is that activity in the morning, but later on, there's just quiet enjoyment, and that's my image of Christmas restoration. Well, I, I connect to always the snow, too, that I'll, I will make your sins as white as snow. You know, the Scripture says that, that, you know, the, the darkest part of our life, the, the biggest, bloodiest mess, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, is, is cleaned. It's, it's covered by Jesus. It's covered by the message of the Messiah, and, and that is the beauty. You know, we talked this week about... Just the gifts of hope, the Magi who came to Jesus. And we we unpacked Matthew 2. And if you missed that, go back and, and download the podcast. You know, don't miss out on Christmas. You know, take the time to really unpack what it means. But we talked about the Magi and just the the courage that they had, the humility that they had, the the attention that they gave to God's word. And I, I think that that works in our life. Uh, you know, how has it taken courage in your life to be a follower of Christ Jesus? Well, you are an outcast. Yeah. In some, I mean, it, and it wasn't as obvious when I was a kid, but it is obvious now that we are not, even if they think we're the majority, we're not the prevailing drivers of culture. Yeah. And they're going to let us know that we are not what they want us to be. So to to sit there and you know there was an actress this week that came out and said we don't want certain things in our movies and she was savaged for it, you know, because she was saying, you know, we're we're going to do traditional marriage in our movies, we're not going to do the other yeah. uh alternatives and she was attacked for that. So it does take courage. She personally was standing for that. Yeah, she she's an actress but she's also on the creative side and she got attacked. Well, I don't I don't think I've ever missed out on anything. Uh, because of being a Christian, but I have missed out on things because I'm a Christian. Let me explain what I mean. Um, you know, when you're a pastor, which you understand, Doug, you know, you move into a neighborhood and people are glad that you're a neighbor because they know you're not going to steal from them. Right. You're not going to cuss their children out. You're not going to be, uh, ungodly, you know, and, and neighbors tend to like that. They don't, they don't want, uh, someone who's playing loud music and destroying the neighborhood. 
but they also don't want someone who's godly coming to their poker games, uh, to their Christmas parties, because now they've got to decide, do we have beer and alcohol at our Christmas party? Mm -hmm. Because our neighbor's a pastor. Do we invite them? Well, don't invite them. It's so, yeah, you miss out on certain activities. And what I know is, is that these astrologers, these spiritual advisors, these priests from afar, you know they paid a price among their religious group because they said, we're going to go check out the Jewish Messiah. So it's separated. And, and I've watched this all the time here at the church. I watch people that come from different backgrounds, you know, uh, for years. We've invited people from different cultures to the candlelight service. I, I have this one family that um, came, they were Hindu. Uh, I'm not sure where they are today, but they came as Hindus on Christmas Eve because someone in our church from India said, you ought to come on Christmas Christmas Eve. And they came because they got the invite. Does that make sense? And then one year they come after the Christmas service, they come up and said, would you bless our new baby? And I looked at him. I said, well, you know, I'm going to do this in Jesus name. Are you okay with that? Yes. I said, I'm going to pray that Jesus would be important in their life. They said, yes. And so these parents are agreeing for me to ask Jesus into their child's life, you know. Well, a couple years later, they travel here. They've moved to another state, and they travel for Christmas to, to celebrate with us. And they say, this is the baby you dedicated. It's now, you know older. So I pray with them and we're inviting Jesus into the life. It's a process and it takes courage, humility, and you've got to be attentive. What is it you're doing? That's what we learned in this lesson. It's it's what I call the the Daniel connection to to wisdom. You know, it's just approach life from this aspect that when you when you're forgiving, you're loving, when you're understanding, you you know, people are attracted to you. And that's the opportunity of Christmas that I think it, it really brings restoration to people and it encourages me. It's it's exciting to me every year to see that. I look forward to this this week, this weekend, because I know it's going to bring people closer to God. And that's what I love. I, I like, though, that you just brought in that word wisdom. And, of course, you're connecting it with Daniel, yeah. uh, who's one of the wisest. I mean, Solomon is, is there, yeah. but Daniel's, you know, a, a close second, I would imagine. But Jesus also, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking of baby Jesus this weekend, but adult ministering Galilean Nazareth Jesus also talked about wisdom. And he said, the wise man builds his life upon my words. You know, when you talk about making Jesus Lord— even when I was, I wasn't taught that until Bible college. I don't know if that was in my home church or not, but it wasn't until Bible college that I really remember hearing that language. But it was always kind of like a um, begrudging thing, you know. He's Lord, you better just accept it and go along with the program. But to make him Lord is really to acknowledge the wisdom of living his way of life. And you know, you have this week you talked about forgiveness, you talked about understanding. These are preferable. They turn out better than the alternatives. That's they, right. it, it is wisdom. When we uh, you know, so it's interesting to me. So you mentioned Solomon. Well, Solomon was the wisest man. The scripture says that. I don't doubt that. But you know, it's really easy to be seen as wise when you have power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and there's a connection. You need wisdom to manage power, and ultimately uh, Solomon didn't do so well. We, the, the, the record on him is clear in Scripture that 
he let his wisdom and power go to his head, and he thought he could hang out with false gods, and it would work okay with him. And that's our generation's problem. Mm-hmm. We 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 love wisdom. We love the internet. We love you know, hey Google, whatever you know. Uh, you know, we're constantly looking. Daniel was different. All right. Did Daniel have some power? Yes, he did because he was a governor. He was a satrap. He was a leader. But he was a eunuch, more than likely, and a slave. Mm-hmm. He 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 was he had to serve in that. He had to do whatever the king told him he had to do. He didn't really have authority, and yet he had wisdom. Well, that's the kind of wisdom and power Jesus had. Now he gave up the ultimate power in heaven to be the wise leader that he was. And if we will humble ourselves, if we will if we will sit under Jesus, we'll experience that wisdom and his power will set us free. Daniel was never bound even though he was bound for all those years because he understood God is still my God, I'm God's, I'm under his authority and he's going to lead me through everything that's going on here. And so the the wisdom i i really i love this concept of wisdom and how if you if you'll if you'll embrace it especially at christmas time it it's it's going to bring a, a real change in your life yeah that you know you talk about freedom uh if you can't control alcohol in your life are you really free if no. you can't control gambling, if you can't control certain if you things can't on control the internet, Doritos and M and M's, you're and not that's free. Me, okay, now okay? you're getting personal. Now no, you're. But getting... I'm just telling you, I, I try. I, I I mean, I love M and M's, and I love and and they do give you pleasure. I mean, at least in my brain, they. Do. I mean, Oreos. Someone told me one time that Oreos were like one of the most addictive things. Oh yeah. Those no, those chocolate nicotine wins according to all the studies. I I I don't know about nicotine, but I can tell you about the white chocolate covered Oreos. Oh. 100 calories a pop. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and I got to do at least 10, so Oh my god. <laughs> You'll have to go run 10 miles. Oh, I I will cuz it's a, oh, it's 100 gosh. a mile, but you're not really free. You know, we think this is freedom. And I even heard like when we opened up, I can't remember if it was Pakistan or Iran, and they brought in an adult theater and the guy's like, yeah, we're free now. No, that's not freedom. But what you just described. That's a new bondage. Yeah, it's a new bondage. To be like Jesus and say, or Daniel, I give up ultimate power, but I maintain this wisdom even when there's a, a power over top of me. That is an incredible freedom. And that's the freedom that we're celebrating this weekend. That's right. And so... What, what I want you to think about today in, in your next step is, is there anything that's binding me that I need to, to be let, to let go? Mm-hmm. We connected uh, this forgiveness, this need for forgiveness. Is there anybody I've been holding anything against? This is Christmas. Forgive them. Uh, say, God, I, I release this person. I trust that you'll make up the difference for the loss that they created in my life. And I ask you to bless them. I bless them in the name of Jesus. May that come out. You say, well, why would I do that? That, that seems to, because Jesus did that on the cross. He was our ultimate example. That's his wisdom, okay? And he saw true power. True power was to say, Father, uh, forgive them. They don't know what they do, mm-hmm. okay? And, and he was blessing us because he gave us access to the Father through the cross for uh, freedom from our sins. 
let's take a little bit of the time we have left over. Let's talk about renewal because, uh, you know, I, I think that Christmas is a time for renewal and um, it, it just, you're going to renew some relationships this week. Uh, you, you're going to see people you haven't seen in a while. Uh, I just, what do you think about when you talk about Christmas time renewal? Um, kind of similar. Again, that image from a Christmas story pops into my mind. But Christmas is so close to New Year's as well. And January has been a difficult time for me because all the fun stuff is over and it's freezing cold outside and mm. gloomy. But the Lord has told me there's going to be rebirth in that. Yeah. And so I have decided this year I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to allow, you know, seasonal affective disorder or whatever to come in. I'm going to believe that there is, you know, post Christmas, post the arrival of Jesus, there's some sort of rebirth or renewal that's going to come into my life. Well, I actually think that uh we need to rest mm-hmm. in order to have renewal. And God created the seasons to force rest. Yeah upon us, to force rest into the natural system, because it's our human nature just to keep going. Yeah, It's why some of us, uh, you know, not me, uh, some of the human category, they go to a warmer spot during that time yeah. just so they can keep going, so to speak. Um, no, I'll be here with you in the cold tundra <laughs> of Ohio. Uh, I'm just glad I don't live in that state up north, which is even oh colder. even worse is what I not heard. that I I love I pray for them in the wintertime because I think oh wow I've never crossed the border oh <laughs> I've never been up there ah. but but yeah you think about these you know we're we have several fields very close to us yeah. uh, they've been harvested now they're going to be covered with snow they really are resting they are That's being right. renewed for another crop this next August well in this lesson I, I talked about how the the water comes into to death valley and it causes this super bloom and what i what i love about that is that it's a picture of god's nature and the way he works and if you'll welcome it today if if i'll welcome it to say god it's christmas time i'm spent i've busted my behind all this month to get to these couple days off. And then, yes, there's going to be some snow days. There's going to be some ice days. Uh, there's going to be some days. And every time you have one of those days, say, God, I thank you that you love me enough to make me slow down. Yeah, God, I receive that from you. And and just say, God, if there's something in my life, if my soul, my soul needs restoration, your word says that you're the one that does that. See, only God can restore your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I I think that's what we need right now. I think that we've got some broken thinking. I think our our emotions are on a frazzle, and, and we need that. And so um, we talked about in this lesson how to receive a gift properly. I said it's a three-step process with humility, uh, give, a, give a, a, a word, you know, in terms of the spirit, when you when you receive a gift, you say thank you. Yeah. You say I appreciate this, God. I, I I welcome it. Okay, and then give a gift back to God. That's the way you you properly respond to a gift. And in this Christmas season, have you given God a gift? Have you said, God, I I want to present this offering, or God, I want to help someone in need. I I know lots of you have, but go back and say, God, I want you to know. 
I, I served at that food kitchen. God, I, I gave that coat for kids. I gave that toy. I did that. God, I'm doing that because I receive from you. I know that every day that I have life and I have breath, I'm receiving yeah. from you. I, I find that in every relationship in my life, I have to be verbal for that relationship to be effective. And that's even with God. I have to look at you as a staff member and say, thank you uh, for all the help you do. You know, thank you for preaching uh, for me. Thank you for serving. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that, that is, that that's encouraging. It unites us together. Uh, it enables you to, to receive I mean, that, that humility and that word are kind of joined together. I was taught by John Eldridge to just say, I received this with great thanks. That's right. You talk about all that Jesus did for you. You talk about all that the Holy yep. Spirit does, that God does. And you just say, I receive it all with great thanks. Yeah. The Pentecostals and Charismatics were taught to say, I receive it. Okay. Yeah. The Baptists were taught to say, amen. Uh, I'm not sure what the Presbyterians were taught. Feel free to go to yournextstepnow.com and tell me. You know, I, I, I went to a school that was uh, half Presbyterian. And I never thought to ask them that question. What was the other half? Um, it was it was very diverse. Okay, it was very diverse. So it was a it was a non denominational. I thought school. we were going to get something like Anglitarian or something like that. No, no. I mean, um, we had uh, I think we had fifty plus denominations represented at my school. Wow! Uh, but because there was no uh, Reformed seminary in New England. Other than this one, we got a lot of Presbyterians, <laughs> and so that's what what they did. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. it. So so let's think about it. It's uh, the eve of Christmas Eve, and you know we have an opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. Invite somebody to celebrate Christmas with you. It doesn't have to be at the church next door. Now you know, Doug and I want it to be at the church next door. Okay, and if you don't know where it is, it's fifty seven fifty five Fetter Road, right here in Columbus. So. You can put that in, 5755 Fetter Road. But go to our website, thechurchnextdoor.org. Find someone that doesn't have a place to go this Christmas Eve and invite them. Invite them to go to a church. Invite them. Invite somebody who's never been to a church before. Say, well, you're celebrating Christmas, right? I mean, you're going to give gifts. You're going to have some fun. You know, why not find out who started this party? Because it was Christians that started this party. You know, sometimes we get a bad rap, but we need to stand up and say, you know what? The whole world, the, at least the business world, is extremely excited about us. <laughs> Everybody from the restaurant industry to, to Walmart is thankful for because we're the ones that make their year finally end up in the black in terms of the fiscal year. So there you go. I didn't know that's what what uh, Black Friday is. That what it is? Uh, I don't leave the house, but uh, on that day. But I didn't know Black Friday. I thought it meant like, oh, it's bad for the stores because yeah, it's so you mean busy. The weekend, but right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually it's, it's it puts them in the black, so it's good for them. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Can you imagine going through that much of the year being in the <laughs> hole? I mean, ooh, I wouldn't want that. So there you go. That's not my pitch for you to go, but you know, I want to invite you. Light a candle. If you can't go to church because you have to work, uh, you know, light a candle in your home, lift your hands in the air and say, God, I want to thank you for your goodness in my yeah. life. Well, the, the wise men came. They said, we have come to bow before him. Mm. You know, I I 
am looking forward to our Christmas Eve services. It's the highlight of my year. I want to bow before Jesus with, uh, with the family. But if you are alone, can you find some other way to bow before him? What an act that is to say, yeah. the Lord has come. I recognize who he is. I bow before him on this day. And and I want to say this: if you if you feel like you know what, Doug Doyle, you have no idea what I've done. I'm not worthy to go to church. Can I just tell you? I want you to imagine right now. I'm I'm writing you a note. I'm giving you permission. You get to go to church if you want to go to church. Don't let your past. Don't let something that happened this week. Don't let anything keep you from saying, "I want to go bow before Jesus. I want to honor God. I need some renewal." And and let your let your death valley turn into a super bloom right now. Let God uh, show up in your life. And what Doug and I are going to do right now is we're going to pray for you. Absolutely. Doug, you go first. You Absolutely. pray, and then I'll pray. Lord God, you have given us the gift of gifts. Jesus Christ is yes, all Lord. we need, all we want. Let us celebrate him this weekend. And I do pray if anybody feels on the outside unworthy, you would change their hearts. You would bring them into any of the, the wonderful congregations we have here, and they will feel empowered to bow before your son and receive your gift this season. In Jesus' name. Pastor Doyle, we are so thankful we have so many people listening to your next step. Yeah. Love to uh, talk with them a little bit more. Well, I would. You know, I, every uh, every week I get emails from people, but I find there's other people that I don't know how to contact you. So if you'll just email me at pastor at tcnd.org, that's type out the word pastor and then the at sign tcnd, which is the church next door.org. And I will actually respond to the email because I love to hear your questions about the Bible and the church next door. And uh, I can tell you this in the new year, we're going to have some more resources for you. So you want to be on our email list. We want to encourage you. We want to help you grow closer to God. That's really our dream, to help you be a fully committed follower of Jesus. Texting can help uh, here as well. They can text us at 888-644-4034. Again, 888-644-4034. We will ask for your name once we get your first text, but that'll put you in touch with us and... You know, we can share some information. Well, that's my preferred method of communication is texting, because um, I just I can deal with it really quickly and everything. So, I, I I encourage you to text us or check the website tcnd tcnd the church next door dot org is going to bring you to our website. That's right. Or you can always go the church next door dot org. So hope to hear from you as we move into the new year. We would love to keep this relationship going. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. I know we all have someone in need in our life, so let's pray today for unbelieving loved ones in our lives. Father, today we want to come before you as intercessors. We we know that to be an intercessor is your highest calling because an intercessor goes before the throne of God and, and you're asking for the kingdom of God to come in a certain way. And, and we know that you call us friend. That's what the Word of God says. You call us friend. 
And God, it's your heart for people to come to know you, to experience the kingdom, to experience your forgiveness, to experience your love. And God, today we're coming as intercessors because we have these loved ones that have not fully committed their lives to you. There's some area of unbelief. There's some blockage. Sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't know what it is. Lord, we're kind of confused as to why they have not surrendered to your love. And today we're praying that you would move. God, we're asking you to send angelic forces. We're asking you to change circumstances. God, we're asking you to do mighty things. God, you sent Jonah to Nineveh that a city might repent. And we're asking you to send someone. And if that includes us and we've been resistant, forgive us. We will go. We will go immediately. But show us, Lord, begin to move, begin to work in these loved ones' lives. We come before you. We're desperate for you. We're like a parent who loves a child that needs health and healing. They came to you and you healed them. Well, Lord, our family, our loved ones, they need salvation. They need to repent. They need to turn back from the road they're on. Some of them have worshiped with us with you before you, and we are just heartbroken. We don't understand. We're unclear on this. But today, we, we say, may they be removed from the fowler's snare today. God, bring them home in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Here's pastor and author Doyle Jackson. Just over 200 incarcerated folks inside an Eastern Virginia prison volunteered to take a class. There were five sessions that regularly infused the Bible with practical steps towards healing. There was another group inside the prison, but they didn't use scripture. One group had a larger drop in complications from grief. It was the prisoners who took the Bible class. As Isaiah 53 says, By his stripes we are healed. What a beautiful picture of Jesus as the wounded healer. How powerful it is for someone in prison carrying serious emotional and spiritual wounds. So here's your next step. If you need help, there's no shame in seeking that out. But make sure whatever counseling you seek, they're firmly rooted in the Bible for the best results.
I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. For more practical resources to grow your faith, visit doylejackson.com. That's doylejackson.com.